What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on Earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opre ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith, Jr., where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix. A Master Plan for Black Group Economics with Wealth Creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr. Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book, it's a movement, a call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear, drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Fun fact about Antonio T. Smith Jr. Did you know that if it wasn't for a destructive hurricane that took away everything he owned, Antonio would actually have been a firefighter. He went out for uh, becoming a firefighter of of his city that he lived in. He crushed records, passed the exams. But when it got down 
to him having to turn in his birth certificate, he didn't have it due to the hurricane at the time that took away everything that he owned. So fun fact for today, Antonio Tisma Jr. would be a firefighter and not a millionaire maker. Here's your fun fact about Antonio T. Smith Jr. This episode is dedicated to Sarah Thomas, Ph.D. at Sarah D-A-T-E-E-C-H-U-R. That's you. Educator, regional technical coordinator, my friend on Twitter. I'll put her stuff in the show notes. Y'all go follow her real quick. Thank you for always retweeting and tweeting that you're listening to me. So this whole episode is dedicated to you, Sarah. I'm grateful, and I still haven't figured out the secret word for 2020. Let me know what it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret to Success podcast. Today we have an amazing guest. His name is Mr. Jermaine Thomas. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mr. Jermaine. How are you? You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So, Mr. Jermaine, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What it is that you do? Give us some information about you. Well, first of all, my name is Jermaine Thomas. I'm from uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, a small city. And in the time of my coming up, our city was hit with the drug epidemic. I grew up single family, parent. My mother succumbed to addictions, and we grew up struggling. And I had to find my way. Uh, never had a father figure in my life. So I had to figure out and define what that word meant to me. And then through that, I ran to the streets, started selling drugs and being into the streets, got caught up and went to prison. And while I was in prison, I ran across some good men that were mentors and Pretty much they were good guys that just got caught up in the wrong things as myself. And we all still shopping still, so we all held each other accountable for our actions and what's going on in society nowadays. We're not being held accountable for our actions. So we started holding each other accountable for our actions, and we started letting each other realize that no matter what you do, someone's watching. And someone is admiring you for the good or the bad might as well make it be more good than bad. So I became a mentor. And in doing that, I found out who I really was. I found out what my burning passion was. My passion is to speak. My passion is to become a motivational speaker. My passion is to mentor. My passion is to learn from my mistakes and become successful. In doing so, I wrote poems and books. I designed my own sneakers. I just heavily invested into my own uh, liquor, and I'm just trying to become a businessman, meaning that everything I do promotes the well-being of my business and my image. And I brand and market myself to be a wholesome look and a knowledgeable person who cares about this environment and leaving a footprint that will stand the test of time. That's pretty much me in a nutshell. Wow, okay. So you've definitely had some ups and downs. You've definitely gone through things and shifted everything. So what was, so you said you you went to prison, you came out. What was the very first thing that you 
started when you first came out, and why was that the first thing that you started? Well, I, I knew I didn't want to work for someone all, all my life. I'm an electrician by trade, and it's a very challenging job. I've seen people get electrocuted and burnt. Uh, I didn't. I knew I didn't want to do that forever, but I knew that that would be the means to the end to justify. So I did it until something came along or a lane opened up, in which case I would save pieces of my check, you know, $65 each week, $85, whether I could whatever I could afford to put aside. And eventually I went and brought me a car. I cleaned it up. I got any work needed to be done to it, and I sold it. And I made a good profit, and I kept buying cars, and I kept selling them. And as of today, I currently have about 50 cars that I own all out, and I sell. And if I find young ladies or young gentlemen and buys where they can't afford to pay for them outright, I personally find that when I see people that can't, I try to help them. And even though can't should not be in our vernacular, I understand that everyone has not arrived to where you may be. So you have to meet people where they're at. And so I I just decided to brand myself being an entrepreneur. And an entrepreneur can sell anything. I sell water, water, ice, or Eskimo. I don't think that you have to limit yourself. A wise man told me, if you open a business that people are always going to need, you're always being business. People are always going to eat. People always need somewhere to stay. People always need health care. People always need transportation. People always need to be groomed as in haircut and so forth. If you stick to those things, you'll stick to success. All right. Now, the the fifth, you having 50 cards that when you see a young man or young woman, who is in need you assist them, I commend you on that. What what started what sparked that? Like what started you in building your 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 inventory of cars just to help other young people? Somebody got to do it. When we throw a rock into the lake and that ripple effect reaches the other side of the lake, you have no idea the impact that you you, you create in the ecosystem. And I, I myself is a brother that believes in positive energy, and depositing good vibes from the get and receive. You give from the universe what you give out. So I, I humbly do as much as I can. Service is the rent we pay to live on this earth. Okay, sir. Service is the rent we pay to live on this earth. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So my my next question is 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 the inventory of cars and you helping other young men and women is that what lead led you into the because I heard you talk about you wanted to mentor and be a speaker is that what led you into mentorship or what led you into the the role of being a mentor or becoming a mentor and and who was your, who was the first person you ever mentored. Uh, I've always been a conscious young man. And so when I got into the drug world, I was very influential into getting my peers into the drug world. So when I got my sentence and the judge sentenced me to 20 years, I had enough time to sit on my bunk or walk on the wreck yard and think. 
And when I seen how many lives I destroyed, I realized that it was incumbent upon me to go back and try to fix some of the things I've done wrong. And in doing so, you have to teach people by example. They hear what you're saying, but it affects them better or affects them better when they see what you're saying. So when you can walk the walk and talk the talk, it matters. The words hit harder when you when you can stand on your words. And so when I realized all of the young men I influenced into becoming uh, drug dealers or so whatever you have it, I realized how many people I ruined and then their kids and then the trickle-down effect, that little rock that I threw into the pond, the effect it actually had, I realized it. When I got to 20 years and I couldn't do it with my kids and I had to see them through barbed wire and they had to wonder why they couldn't get Christmas and the things that I had them accustomed to were snatched right from under them and they, at the time they couldn't understand it. So I look back and I see the calamity of all the other brothers that went through that same chain reaction. So now, in looking back in hindsight, which is 50-50, I realize that we can make a change. We can have a paradigm shift. And in having that paradigm shift, I realize that as many brothers I destroyed, that many more I want to help. Okay. One of the things Antonio tells us is how everything is connected. And from what I just heard you say, you were just saying how once you were in there, once you were inside and you couldn't be able to reach out how you wanted to, you understood at that point how what you did connected to everything else from the gentleman you were telling me about to their families and how it just branched out. So my question is to you, once you got out, did you reach back out to them to to show them like, hey, there is another path. This is the way this is the way you go. Is is that where your mentorship began at that moment? Well, I actually got out of prison, going back to prison speaking. And what I would do is I would tell the brothers inside what to be prepared for, such as get your Social Security card now. While you're sitting around doing nothing, go ahead and apply for your Social Security card. Go ahead and open a bank account. Go ahead and start working on your credit. Hit the ground running because society has advanced so much that you're going to be lost. It took me a day to learn my phone, and I still didn't learn it. Just to, to punch the numbers, just to punch the numbers and clear it or put a code on it. There was so much advanced technology from 2002 all the way to 2015 that I was lost. So what I did was I, I went back to prison and spoke to brothers that was preparing, hoping, and praying that they would come back on this side of the fence, what to do to become successful. And then when I walked away from my electrical job, I opened up my own business. I employed my, my friends and the, and the young men that I led astray. I taught them. Everything I know, how to buy cars, how to look for cars, how to work on cars, how to pick good, solid cars, and how not to sell bad cars because that comes back to your image. You can take a lifetime to build an image, but one mistake can ruin it. And so you must guard that. So don't be quick to sell out for a dollar. And I, and I learned to have a before thought instead of the afterthought. So I think things through. Before I do something, I think about what the outcome is going to be. And if I don't like what the outcome's going to be, I'll make the shift then. I don't wait till the uh, cause and effect to happen. I like to be proactive. So I started mentoring, and then I started bringing the guys in. And then as they made their money, I told them, look, why would you spend this when you can do that? Why go to the uh, car lot and give them 
retail when you can buy wholesale. So once you start learning how to change your vernacular, when you start defining words for their true intent, then you get to realize things. Like I don't tell people I'm buying a house, I mean that I own a house when I have a mortgage. You do, you do not own it yet. So until I own it and have the deed in my hand, I am purchasing a home. Okay, so there were a few things there. First off, I want to commend you. When you said when you got out, you went back. I commend you for that because I have not heard anybody doing that in regards to going back, teaching those that are in looking to come out. Okay, say, hey, look, a lot has changed. Let me help you with this. Let me let me give you a step-by-step. So you literally went in to make sure that once they came out, you went back in to make sure that once they came out, they knew what they needed to have in order so they can make sure that they don't end up back in that cycle. So I commend you on that because you don't hear okay. about that a lot. So I applaud you on that, first off. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I'm under the ideology that each one teach one. Okay. Okay. Now the second thing that I want to commend you on is when you said when you walked away from being an electrician, you started your own business, you started pulling them in and hiring as well. I commend you on that so very much. Um, Antonio is definitely one for making sure everyone is educated on on every level, not just on the business level, but on the personal development level, on the mindset level. So I commend you for that. So my question to you was how 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 did you do that shift for them when you brought them into the business? Because I heard you say the ones that say you were like, hey, why do this when you can do that? How is that transition, and, and how are those same gentlemen today? Well, every every one of the brothers that I have come into their life and um, impacted it are very grateful and thankful. Our families are intertwined, and we realize, or they realize, that we grow when each other grow. Because the more traffic that I send to you as a, a car painter, then the more cars that are riding around the city as your advertisement. When we learn the value of ourselves, see, we don't know, a lot of people don't know their value. And until you know your value and you understand that we are all connected, we breathe out, when trees breathe in and trees breathe out what we breathe in. And I'm saying that to say that we are exactly connected to the to the universe so much so that if you if you do good, you're gonna succeed. If you teach people how to do better, you you're saving your community because those same brothers that were standing around throwing trash, drinking forties and doing non productive things, they are now invested into uplifting the community because they just learned how to get their own deed. They just learned the importance of someone coming around devaluing their property. If you never own property, you never understand why people are so protective of their property. It's an investment. So when you start educating each other and pulling each other out of that crab in the bucket mentality, you start to broaden broaden your horizon and then you start to see that there's more to life than the mundaneness of not doing anything. So when I teach guys or guys teach me, we learn from each other. We teach each other. So when we're building businesses, going to seminars, and investing in our future, everything you do, you're investing in your future, whether you do it for the good or the bad. So a lot of guys 
what we're trying to do now is build a, I call it BW2, Black Wall Street 2. And what I'm teaching the brothers and we're teaching each other is to buy back your blocks, spend your money back in your community, and learn how to enrich your community so that our kids and their kids have a fighting chance in an ever-changing landscape of hatred and, and um, things that blinders that others put up to try to trip you up or put you in a position where you become lethargic and you don't realize that a lot of times when we bring these drugs into our communities, they're to keep you stagnated and keep your eyes off the prize. We must keep our eyes on the prize. We must live for something so that the purpose of us dying has a meaning. Some people are dying to live and some people are living to die. And the people that are living to die are going through life, oh, let me get up and go to work. Oh, let me go. That's not living, man. That's not living. So when you don't have the economic enrichment of how to create wealth, how to make money instead of earn money, earn money is the most taxed money. Before you even touch it, it's taxed. When you spend it, it's taxed. If you save it, it's taxed. When you invest it, it's taxed. We've got to learn how to get money where we offset our profit and losses as business owners and save more money in our pocket. People like Donald Trump pay less money in taxes than someone like you and I that maybe only make fifty to 60000 a year. It must be explained. These are the things that are coming upon our new leaders of the new school. All right, now, Mr. Jermaine, you over there sounding like Antonio because everything I just heard you say was build our own economy, money bounces around in our economy several times before it leaves, build our communities back, get our neighborhoods back, grow, grow our neighborhoods before we even break out. Antonio teaches us that on a consistent basis. He said, he always tells us that success has one language. And, sir, I hear you speaking that language. I hear you speaking it loud and clear. And I commend you on what you're doing because you, you rarely find anyone going as far as you and Antonio to actually create communities. That's the greatest thing that we're missing in our own is community. And so I commend you on what you're doing with that. I definitely do. And my, well, my thank you very much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And my next question is what what has been your greatest what has been your greatest challenge on this journey to success for you? My greatest challenge is prioritizing my time. As being one person and have trying to be nine places at once, sometimes I find myself uh robbing my wife of her husband robbing my kids of their father. And sometimes they ask me, why do you do this? Like, I just had a friend that I was locked up with for 12 years, get out. And I helped him go get his clothes in the halfway house and helped him get set up. And and my, my wife was like, well, we were supposed to do this. I said, well, sweetheart, he needs this more than we do right now. So a lot of times the, the sacrifice sometimes is greater than the pain it causes. And you may get it or you may not. In life, we're going to have pain. We're going to have letdowns and we're going to have sorrow. I come to grips with that. But when you, like, if you look back at our brothers, Malcolm and Martin Luther King, in order for them to be great men, they had to put in great amount of time in what they did. So the backlash to that was 
Coretta and uh, Ms. Betty Shabazz, they had to be on the back burner, so to speak. And they had to be strong enough women to accept that he has a greater calling. Let me stand by him instead of standing in his way. And so that's the greatest obstacle I've had is balancing my family and my wife and helping them understand that this is bigger than me. It's not even about me. It took someone else to look. When I got in prison, an older gentleman came up to me and asked me, was my name such and such? Never seen me a day in my life. I said, yes. He said, man, the Lord touched my spirit. The Lord touched my spirit to tell you, stop running from what he has instilled in you. Embrace it. I said, what do you mean by that, man? Stop talking to riddles. I'm, 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 a simple, I'm a simple man. Tell me what you mean. He was like, brother, you have a gift to speak. You also have a gift to demand people's attention. You, you, you have an authoritative kind of language. And he said, you're using it for all the wrong things. And, man, I broke down because no one ever just walked up to me and just threw me off balance. I always try to keep, keep my position. And he just took everything from me. I was vulnerable. And I fast-forwarded. Three years after meeting this gentleman, another gentleman walked up to me and gave me a prophecy of me that I, I, I couldn't shake it no more. So when I started accepting who I am and what God, the mission God gave me, I I, I followed that mission to a letter and to the extent that sometimes I neglect or I don't be home as much as I should or I, or I, I postpone stuff that we have for our personal uh, life and put somebody else's burden as a priority. And that's the balance I have not found. But I live with that and I'm cool with that. All right. That's one of the greatest things Antonio has ever taught me is how to incorporate. Have you Have you ever thought about incorporating your wife and your children into what it is that you do? I have a thousand times plus, and I'm still working on it. Like I, That's why I said in the beginning that not everyone is going to see your vision. When I told them that I would have the right. biggest African-American car lot, the biggest single-owned, non-incorporated or non, I get no funding from no one. When I told them that I would have the biggest African-American car lot in Wilmington, North Carolina. They couldn't see that. Not with one car. They couldn't see that that one car would be the catalyst to 50 cars. They couldn't see it. Now, even though they see it, it's not their dream. It's not their passion. And I get it. Not everyone is going to see what you see. Now, that one, sir, that is very true. I think every Every entrepreneur has gone through that moment where nobody really saw or still doesn't see their dreams, but they see it as big as <laughs> a movie on a screen. Yep. So what has been your greatest triumph on your on your journey? My greatest triumph? Yes, sir. I don't think I reached it yet. I don't I don't want to be I don't want to sound arrogant or 
I don't want to have a condescending error about what I'm about to say. I just feel like I'm just barely touching the tip of the iceberg. When, when Antonio, Mr. Antonio and his colleagues reached out to me, I told him the minute that we started speaking that I need a bigger platform because then I can affect more people. Then I can reach more people. Then the ripple will become a tidal wave. So that that's my that's my ideology. I think I think that we can never be. I don't think anyone can ever be too big. Because what you what what is meant for you. If you stay true to what is your goal, your objective, and and and, and the root of your morality, I believe that the earth and Mother Nature and the laws of nature will prevail. Now, what you do with that spotlight, with those resources, and with those blessings determines how long you shine, how long you on top, and how long you will be prosperous. Okay. With everything that you are doing, what is the next step for Mr. Jerome Thomas, Jermaine Thomas? Uh, the next step is to become an international, global force to be reckoned with as far as marketing. Mentor, mentorship does not only, um, it's not limited to, per se, your own community. And I mean geographically, I mean racially, I mean everything. First, before you can change the world, you got to change yourself. I get that. Yes, sir. So for 13 years, for 13 years I did an introspective of my life and myself, I check my balances on my strengths and my weaknesses. And I play more to my strengths and I fade away from my weaknesses. Now that I've learned how to do those things, I've learned how to control my temper. I learned how to not judge, be so judgmental. I learned how to forgive. Once I learned those things and I mastered those things, because we are a slave to our feelings, so if you stay mad and upset and unforgiving, that's the kind of energy that you are putting in the universe. So when I learned how to forgive and let go and, and start over, hit the restart button, and I don't have to be mad or I don't, you know, even if it's raining, I'm not upset that the day the sun don't shine. The sun don't shine every day. So when I learned those things, I also learned that when you pick up a stick, you don't just pick up one end. You get both ends, and life is that's that's what we must teach each other that you take the good with the bad you take the bitter with the sweet and you humble yourself and you be the same person who adversity as in triumphancy you be the same person humble respectful and mindful because it can all be taken away at any moment any second so i'm never going to feel like That's on the side of the mountain where you're wondering how is they still standing up straight without falling over. I brought into that. So I think until I will make them call us, we got work to do. All right, Mr. Jermaine. So I you said that you spent, you said 12 years doing introspection. Can you let 
the entrepreneurs listening, the audience, look, can you tell them the the importance of that introspection? Because you went into it. But can you go a little bit deeper into the importance of the introspection and how it affected you, your business, your mentorship, and you as a speaker? Okay. When I when I basically in order to do that, you have to, it's like an onion. You have to peel back the layers. And as you peel back the layers, you got to be, you got to be truthful with yourself. Most of us build up an ego. And usually it's because our peers will say things, oh, you're a big shot or big willy or, and you to that person and make up this uh, alter ego. And and we buy we buy so far into the for the fake us for our representative. You know, back in back in the day when I met a girl and uh, I had the Mercedes and the jewelry, my representative got there before her. When everyone told her about me, she met she heard it back. So when I walked up, I had to be who they said I was. Well, when I went to prison. And I was stripped of everything that I ever had, except for the skin that God built me in. You still have to stand up on those two legs, and you still have to walk, and you still have to be a man. At that moment, that was kind of moment of, what is a man? And I had to ask him. I looked in the mirror and asked myself, what is a man? What are you without your money? What are you without the clothes? What are you without the jewelry? What are you without the car? What do you stand for? What is your moral value? What will you not do for money? What will you do for money? You must know who you are through and through, and then you must be who you say you are. And I never wanted to be less than someone that loved hard, worked hard, played hard. So when I when I when I went into self healing and fixing on myself, I learned something. I read a book called The Purpose Driven Life. And I think it was chapter 22, it said that it gave you their definition of love. And when I read it, I dropped the book and cried because I thought I really knew what love was. But love is an action word. It's not what you say, it's what you do. So if I love my children, I would have spent more time with them. If I love my wife, I would have spent more time with them. I'm saying when I was in the drug game, wasting my life and wasting other people's lives. And so when we when we start figuring out two definitions of words and we hold them to our heart instead of letting someone else define definitions of words, I think you start to understand things better. Uh, when I learned how to compromise, like, it don't always have to be my way. I read a book by C.B. Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I've learned that it don't have to be win-lose, lose-win. Try to always be win-win, and everyone walks away happy. So I had to restrict myself, and I had to learn and define who I was. And consistently, each day, I had to ask myself, so what is a man? So who are you? So what are your principles? What do you stand on? What you won't, what you won't tolerate? You know, and, and every day I reinforced that until I believed, ate, sleep, and drank that. And to that became second nature. And once I conquered that, I went on to other things about my, um, you know, demeanor, uh, vernacular, looking people in their eye, 
speaking direct, learning how to finish my sentences and close them out. And those things help bridge me into becoming a better businessman, reaching outside of my community, putting myself in um, uncomfortable situations, skits we would do, what we would do. Uh, I would ask the guy, so here's your dream. You can put job. I, I have the position for you to have your dream job. You got 30 seconds to sell me on why I should hire you. And every time we did this, every guy fell. And I would sit down and teach them that. And I told them, you got to be ready. You got to stay ready to keep getting ready. Because you already got strikes right. against you. And so once you beat these things into you and you become repetitious about doing things, it comes second nature, man. And, and then doing all those things, you learn a lot. Here's what you learn. You learn that life is short. Life is only a glimpse of time. And once you spend it, once you use it, or once you've given it, you can't get it back. So make every day, every minute, every hour, and every second count. And if you're doing something productive, you're winning. And that's what helped motivate me and mold me into the young man that I'm aspiring to be, the businessman that I'm aspiring to be. And I also want to be a mentor outside of I want to be a mentor on a larger scale. I want to be a, a motivational speaker on a larger scale because I have a story to tell. I have experience that I can tap into that people from my ethnic background and my uh, geographical upbringing relate to. And when more people learn to embrace their story, embrace their pain, embrace their experience, and learn from it, the world will be a better place. All right, Mr. Jermaine. Wow. So let's talk about your mentorship program. Listening to everything you just said, let's talk about your mentorship program. So tell us about your mentorship program and, and how someone can reach out to you to become a part of your mentor program. Well, here's the thing. I haven't put it in a business perspective yet. But I have my name. I'm about to do my 503C. Um, I'm a, it's called Soft, Saving Our Future Together. And what I do is I basically break down the five Ps. Proper, proper preparation prevents poor performance. And what I do from that is we, we read. We go out into the community, sell donuts, lemonade candy bars, whatever. And the proceeds of that money, I take young gentlemen and women and I get their parents, we open up an account. I teach them how to balance the checks and the importance of money, the importance of gold. I teach them how to look at the news and know what you identify and be able to read through BS and be able to see what's real. Uh, we go back and we feed the um, elders, spend time with them, because the wisdom of the old is needed to guide the strength of the youth. And since okay. grandmas are becoming younger and younger, the generations are missing a key element of our history because the elders are, no one is sitting around listening to the elders no more. Not so not. I want to go back, I want to go back a generation or two to the 50s and the 60s when Malcolm X and Martin Luther King 
and the brothers of such nature were out campaigning and enriching each other. I'm, I want to be the reincarnation of those brothers, uh, Leslie, um, Carl Mike Stokely, the Black Panthers, and all of those things. That's what we need. Because what we see when we when you're blinded from the reality of things, when you've been stuck on, for lack of uh, for a euphemism of words, when you've been stuck on stupid for so long, you don't even see the bigger picture. Like I'm a I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a champion for getting our laws back in place. So let me show you what I mean. The Constitution was written, and normally most presidents were lawyers. So they understand law. So when they wrote the Constitution, they were mindful. So when you have amendments, and here's, here's the part that I, uh, President Obama done a lot for our country, a lot for our community, but in some aspects he felt me. And I wrote him a, a poem too, I, and if I ever meet y'all, I'll read it to you and show it to you. But um, looking forward when to he it. had a chance, when he had a chance to make Congress step up and um, and fix the Constitution and stop excluding us and include us, so that we would not continue to be second-class citizens, he failed us on that. The average person or the average African American of African descent do not understand that we are not citizens. That's why the police can shoot us and get away with it. And this is more political, but I'm just giving you my perspective on understanding the law and understanding who you are and understanding what the plight to continue to preserve our life means. When you said that we have an alienated right to bear arms, and that right shall not be infringed upon. When you break down that word infringe and you go to Webster and Merriam and all the different dictionaries, and you look up what the word infringe means, it means not to stop, not to interrupt, not to discontinue. So when you get these young brothers such as myself and you give me a felony for a drug I never got caught with, that's like giving a guy a ticket for speeding nine years later because you said he was speeding. But that's what the law was designed to do. So when you don't know your rights or you don't really understand law, you become the victim of law. So without the right to bear arms, if we go into a civil war, how can I protect my queen and my castle when my right to bear arms has been taken from me when the Constitution said it should never be entrenched upon? And whatever debt that I owe society, I paid it in full. So these are the things that our leaders of the new school must attack and must understand the importance of it because it's being looked over. And this is what Martin Luther King and Malcolm X died for. And now that I understand it, I'm prepared to die for it. I will not stop talking about it until we correct it. We would never need the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment for blacks or Africans or descendants of Africa if we were all considered a citizen because all of the other rights would be Restored upon us. You wouldn't have to exclude us and write just a couple of for us. And no one is challenged. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great. And you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. 
because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1% and they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money and that is not the way to become rich, it's not the way to become wealthy, and it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now and they all wanna learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your favor. Right now in this world, there are 2,057 billionaires, right now. So if you think becoming a billionaire is, a, is impossible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane how much money is everywhere, and you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody to teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy for what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now, actually 1,730 people right now, are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from the Elon Musk, how do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, and somehow I'm in the top 1% today. Not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal. 
from a meal to clothes to clothes to shelter to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money. And now that's what I'm going to do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy. I've homeschooled my own children. And I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion going self is not enough to get to the top 1% and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I built a large following of over half a million people every month that pay me to actually for me to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned, everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man in the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and all that good stuff. Plus, I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. Plus, I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. And to be honest with you, and you can kind of relate to this, it almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are gonna have a really hard time. 
think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are gonna be watching this are gonna be baby boomers and you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable and I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement and then as Grant Cardone would say, 10 extra retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I want to send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost. I'll take the loss. And all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plan better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions hear me well 48 job positions 22 dollars an hour pay training and i couldn't find someone not one person for those job positions now is it because i hire slowly true but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate and if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools which is the technology itself to match the right candidates up with your job you can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates 
to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.